Welcome back to the Gay 15 Risk Roundtable for this final roundtable of 2022. I can't believe we're back here for another year end, but there are a lot of things that I can't believe, like women still wearing shoulder pads in 2022, and yet they're real. So I'm very happy to, as always, be joined by Dave Pounder and to welcome back our special guest, our regular roundtable teammate, the queen of water sector cybersecurity, Ms. Jennifer Lynn Walker. Welcome back, both of you. Welcome back. Welcome back. How's everybody doing? Ho, ho, ho. Wow, that's just very <laughs> that was, like, that was weird. That's I like, didn't mean it. I just, I, I don't know. Ho, ho, I just, I, I was caught off guard by the guest. Like, wait, I, well, I, I mean, realized yeah, I was on last been, It's been, uh, we, we, we missed you last month. That's all. I'm just saying that, you know, you left Dave and I alone again and things go. You just, you're just ceding more authority to us. And that's probably not a good thing. You are like our ombudsman. You're the ones who like, who fixes Andy and I. And, and yeah. if, we, if we're just left to our own devices, it's going to be bad. Yeah, we're, we're eating sand and, and who knows what else happens when, when you're not here. So we're glad, we're glad to be back. So we're saying, Jen, Jen, so we're okay. glad to hear this year and podcast. But before we dive into new things, there's lots of things to discuss with Dave and with Jen here. So last month, Dave, you had some really good discussion. Anything you want to share from the Nerd Out in November? Yeah, I mean, Nerd Out was good. It was, uh, you know, right appropriately timed right after the election. And, and the election, for all uh, intents and purposes, went off really smoothly. I think that is a credit to a lot of the work and preparation that went into beforehand between last cycle and this cycle. So that was really good. And at the time, we were there were still a couple outstanding elections, but everything seemed to be going smooth and, and clear. I, I think we've already started 2024 presidential election now work. And so I know there's a lot of stuff that's out there now bubbling up, but I think we've got a couple of years to prepare. And, and I actually feel more confident than ever uh, that that we've gotten a lot of this fixed. And I think people are are at least seeing it through the right lenses now. So it was good. And then we talked about the holidays. So um, yeah, I know we've had a couple of holiday events here lately, but um, it's a it's a risky time, but it was a good good group with the with the team there. It was. It was a good discussion. It always is. You can't go wrong with with that team. With Jay, always welcome their insights. And I think it was very common. I think you know we should say we were Dave and I were prepared to do a post election impromptu podcast in case things looked a little bit um, tumultuous. I'll say, but I think uh, things did go well, and and the American people did do well, and there was nothing to really talk about, which made for a great non podcast. So I'm glad to do that. But I did have a good podcast with uh, James and her. We talked about their work. In, in event security and in, in sort of being able to take care of some of these pop-up events, you know, parades and festivals and mass gatherings at this time of the year as people are doing holiday activities and, you know, Christmas markets and New Year celebrations and, you know, special events at our synagogues and our churches and, and sort of thinking about how we secure those events respectfully, discreetly, but safely and securely. So I really enjoyed talking with those gentlemen, had a really good time and um, shared some links and resources back to them and what they're doing. So good talks, good discussions. I'm sure you've got some more this month, I'm excited about my guest this month for sure, and I uh, look forward to having that podcast here towards the end of the month to close out the year. But let's talk about today. And before I go any further, I think we should pause. Somebody we haven't talked about as much the last maybe year at here at our Risk Round Hill podcast. We should acknowledge a a favorite handsome gentleman that we always uh, like to talk to in years past. You could wait till the end. Oh. <laughs> Perhaps I was getting ahead of myself. <laughs> but go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I, have, I have nothing further to say. Let's dive into things here. Let's dive into things here. Let's dive into things here. So before I speak anymore, thank you. That's why we miss you, Jim, when you're not here. 
Dave, I think we first off on main topics, right? So there's a new National Tariff Advisory System bulletin that came out. There's some interesting events happening around our country, all over the country. I think we'll talk about some of that. So why don't I go to mute and allow you to speak your mind, sir? The best part of Andy is when he goes to mute. I think that's that's probably good. So <laughs> I, you know, I, I think <clears throat> I think what it's been interesting. It's been an interesting couple of weeks. We had you know, the Walmart uh, incident in Virginia where a manager went in at, you know, during the shift change or, or round shift change and, and um, <clears throat> you know, conduct, carried out a hostile event. Um, there's a lot of indicators that were leading up to that. There's a lot of, there's a new lawsuit that's coming out around that. So that's one incident. You had the LGBTQ uh, bar shooting in Colorado Springs uh, around the same time. Uh, again, um, some other interesting elements surrounding that. And then recently we had the, um, you know, latest update from the Michigan shooting from school shooting from last year, another lawsuit coming out around there and, and the failure to act there. But I think what, you know, we have these incidents here and then, and then like over the last couple of days, all of a sudden you hear this about this news story about uh, a power outage in North Carolina, not too far away from us, uh, from me and Charlotte here, <clears throat> didn't affect us at all but but all of a sudden this this came out and everyone's thinking it's just a, a low level disturbance and then there's started to be word about this was the targeted attack and, and i think we've seen various infrastructure we obviously have the colonial pipeline last year that was a ransomware attack but you've seen you know drone incidents of a drone flying into a power station you've seen some other things here and there but this is, I think, a little bit different in some respects because this comes around the time when you talk about, you know, if you go back to uh, April, May, June timeframe when we saw the hard reset come out and these accelerationist type of activities uh, are starting to gain publicity out in open source news, you, you got to keep in mind that a lot of that work is around wanting to show the downfall of society is showing the downfall of the government to protect and and serve their their customers and and these accelerationists are really calling for you know specifically and, and Bridget Johnson you know obviously she's on nerd out a lot uh, she did a great article on Homeland Security today but she called out very specifically that the, the, these accelerationists call are calling for shooters to bypass soft targets in favor of causing chaotic blackouts. Um, and so, you know, this is, these are the type of things that I think are worrisome as we see these hostile events of various, you know, shapes and sizes. These are the ones where you start seeing an attack against um, hard, you know, those facilities you start to question a little bit more about it. And I know there's a lot of work that's going to be going in place. I know the FBI is involved and, and local police are heavily involved. But these are some of the areas that you get a little more concerned about when you talk about domestic violent extremism and, and homegrown violent extremists. You know, you mentioned the the NTAS, um, the National um, <clears throat> the National Terrorism Advisory System Bulletin that came out last um just recently here at the end of end of um I'm kind of losing my my thing here at the end of november but again it talks to these very specific type of things and and it talks about the various ways that you know we're in this period of time where 
You know, we have the Walmart shooting, we have the LGBTQ shooting, we have these groups that are looking to promote, you know, this type of societal unrest and, and what type of ways to do it. I mean, we already know these groups, you know, high, you know, really deitize their people, they sainthoods and all sorts of things um, all bestowed upon some of these attackers we know these, and we've talked about this a lot, these manifestos are written not just to talk about their beliefs, but talking to the next wave of people. We know when these things go out and start reaching the public, it, the goal is to spread influence. And, and it's really a, a challenging time because you can see a lot of things percolating together at one point. And, and here we are at the holidays and we're outdoors, we're you know, doing a lot of religious celebrations, and, and these are concerning areas for organizations. You have to be prepared when working through this. So I'll, I'll stop at that, but I, I mean, um, talk through a little bit more here, but um, but yeah, there's a lot of things going on with all of that. Yeah, you covered a lot of ground there, Dave. And we'll share links for um, the NTAS Bolton. We'll share Bridget's article in HS Today. I think it was very well done, and I'll come right back to that. We'll share links for um, the Walmart shooting and Club Q, for anybody that might have missed those. And there's, there's a bazillion you know, articles out there about that. But you know, you've written about this, you know, some potentially miscues, poor, you know, ineffective responses. But I want to go back to the connection that Bridget made with, you know, the, this shooting in North Carolina. Given we don't know exactly what's happened yet, it's being investigated. The FBI is involved. Um, I'm confident that the uh, actors will be found. And I look forward to seeing that play out and understanding that better. We do have to be cautious not to jump to conclusions, right? I mean, we've seen incidents where you know, one group gets blamed, and in fact, it was somebody completely different or somebody from the, uh, you know, victimized group that actually was, you know, uh, conducting a, a scam or, or a fake incident. So we have to be careful on, on judgment, but certainly the narrative of North Carolina follows some of the, the doctrine and, and, and encouragement from these accelerationist extremist materials. And I think what, to me, really sort of sticks out as we see these things unfold is it sometimes can be hard to draw a, a straight line from, you know, propaganda or given saint, right, or actor or other instigator and an incident. But the rhetoric, the background, the noise that keeps coming, whether it's coming through extremist propaganda, whether it's coming through people of influence, you know, speaking loosely and recklessly and how they talk about other people or things that they're encouraging people to do, while it might not be a direct line connection, that fosters an environment where that unhealthy individual or that angry individual can take action and do things that have real consequences. In this case, in reality, you know, 45,000 people without power, disruptive, annoying, it'll be corrected, things will get back to normal. It'll end in a day, be kind of an insignificant event, to be honest, but it could be worse, it could always be worse. And so when we hear people of influence, uh, you know, encouraging political action, violence, protest, that has effects. We hear people of influence, you know, speaking in anti-Semitic language, uh, making language and, and encouraging folks to think about things in, that are obviously not constructive, that has an effect. And so we might not be able to necessarily go back and say, well, you know, Joe said this and it led to that. It is our environment. And so I think Bridget rightly connects the accelerationist narratives when it back the hard reset that we've written about and talked about before on this podcast to the types of things we're seeing in our environment today. I think just like we used to do with Inspire Magazine when that was you know, hot and running or frequently. So I think these are important things to understand. I appreciate you bringing them up. We'll again share links to some of this and people can uh, read about it more. We welcome you reaching out and 
uh, you know, ask any questions or any need for resources or some on our website we can point you to as well. But they're, they're good topics to know about and discuss. Dave, anything you want to add or elaborate? Yeah, just, yeah I want to say one thing. And again, I, I don't want to overblow this because, again, these things you, you said, like 40,000 people, you know, a lot of these things are are quickly resolved and in, in, in the individuals are brought to justice. I think the one thing I get concerned about is like, I would not have thought that it'd go to this, like to this type of level, like who would have thought that they could have an impact. And I think when you see these type of things in the news, when you see that, you know, that it does have an impact, that's easy inspiration to the next person. Yeah. And, and that, that just further encourages, and, and we've talked about copycats before we've talked about, I mean, Somebody who may be on the fence may have said, hey, that wasn't possible before, but now look what this did. If I just did a little bit more. Now, look, these things are well protected. There's a lot of things that go, have to go wrong. And, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of things that, that are going to come out of this. But nonetheless, I mean, it, it could embolden people. And again, don't want to blow it out of proportion. But I do think it's important that we take, um, take the appropriate steps for preparedness here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I can tell you, I just got off a call. We were talking about some of the challenges in you know, some of our commercial properties and you know, potential threats around this time of the year. That was, again, the subject of my call with uh, my podcast last month. And as we look to the holidays coming up and, again, mass gatherings for organizations, holiday events, Hanukkah celebrations, Christmas celebrations, New Year celebrations, there's there's a lot of opportunity for those who would like to cause harm. And so, you know, leaders have to, of course, take those things seriously. And, you know, most do in our planning. But if, if you're listening and you're doing something and you haven't figured out your plan yet, then we strongly encourage you to really lean into it, understand the threat environment, prepare as reasonably and responsibly as you can uh, for whatever hazards may come your way. And we can, again, happily talk about that more. If you have any questions or need to point you somewhere, please reach out. But with that, to respect our schedule and our time, Jen, I think we're going to pivot over to you. Dave, thank you very much. Appreciate that. And we can come back to some of that here in a little bit. But Jen, I think you want to take us in a very different direction as we look to the holidays. So why don't I go back to mute and give you the floor to talk about other concerns that you think about this glorious time of the year? Well, kind of, but I actually had a comment on this, which I know, right? I don't live in the physical world, right. so who right. would have thunk it, right? But, um, you know, I it just, I wanted it, attribution notwithstanding, the goals notwithstanding from, yeah. you know, the attack perspective. I just, if you're a listener, I mean, you've heard us talk about it and Dave even mentioned it about the preparedness and I'm going to, I'm going to use his term, um, security mindfulness and consider the potential outcomes, you know, that if that this could have been worse, I'm not saying overreact, um, or panic, but just consider those, those outcomes. I mean, you know, kind of looking at it from a, because I'm a bit of a um, critical infrastructure geek, if you will. So I'm looking at the cross-sector impacts yeah. and an attack on one critical infrastructure is essentially attack on almost nearly all of them. I can't think of one you know, especially in the case of power, right. where it doesn't impact another one from healthcare to water. Um, you know, I don't want to talk too deeply about it. Um, but just a reminder that as citizens, you know, just think outside the box. Um, you know, again, I can't think of a, of a sector that wouldn't be impacted by a wide scale uh, attack on on power you know, like I said, healthcare, water, that kind of stuff, yeah. um, you know, some much more than others, but everyone's impacted, you know, when power or water impacted. And that was pretty much all I wanted to say about that part. No, we have to be right, Jen. I mean, I mean, think about this cascading effects and impacts, think about our own dependencies and who we rely upon. So in this conversation this time of the year, and then as individuals, 
you know, again, it goes back to some of the stuff that Dave and I have talked about a lot, right? If we see something that's out of place, make sure we report it. If we're the organization that might receive that report, know what to do with it, right? Don't just assume that everything's okay because it might not be. So just take take the minute, take the two minutes, check it out, report it, let somebody that's supposed to deal with it deal with it, and have a process by which we should deal with those things. So, you no, know, very valid points, very good points, Jen. Thank you. I do have one more point, kind of one more point. Again, I want, you know, as citizens, you know, we need to be aware and, and have that security mindfulness. I don't know if Dave heard me say that um, or not. <laughs> but the other thing is, it, you know, that yes, the, um, you know, the electricity sector is, you know, concerned and, and watching and tracking things like this. And they do things, that preparedness activities, an exercise called GRIDX that's actually going to take place next year, um, where, you know, they're looking at all kinds of events like this. So that doesn't mean that, oh, they're doing everything. And, you know, we as citizens need not be concerned about it. That's, you know, nothing could be really further from the truth. But they, you know, it, it's not... Um, uh help me out what's what, what what's the word i'm looking for here um it's not all doom and gloom i don't know you know that kind of thing so um definitely well versed not versed but uh yeah whatever i'm getting well, I mean, on, on the point of grid action we'll, we'll share links on the past work there our friend the electricity isaac do a great job with their members around the country on that it's, it's, it's a very good biannual event and we love to see that kind of thing that kind of preparedness and ownership so We'll share some links there as well. Folks can dig into that if they want to. But I think you're right on, Jenny. You're hitting some really important points. Like there's it's shared responsibility, right? There's the owners and operators, security geeks, and then there's individual responsibility as well. So you know, a lot of folks are involved in this, and that's how it should be. Okay, now I'll go back to the All right. to the All right. other things. So tis the season. So yeah, we're taking it in this totally different direction. Uh, I hate to sound. Uh, repetitive, but you know, it turns out all of us need those reminders that it's that time of year and tis the season to be scammy and all of the little titles I've used every now and again. Just you know, be on your guard for those holiday shopping scams and spam. And, um, you know, I'll have a couple of references in the blog post. Um, a couple of them came to mind, some interesting ones. Um, one from uh, Sentinel One, five cyber scams to watch out for. Uh, I don't want to talk too long about it, I, I, but there were some interesting, you know, just be aware of those apps and the advertisements and the pop-up ads, you know, don't, click on something that's interesting from a pop-up ad from social media or if you're you know on uh, on the uh, you're doing a google search or something like that um, make sure you investigate those companies um, especially if it's one that's there's so many new companies with new products that you know like oh i you know looking for this i've never heard of this company but that product looks interesting just take a second pause and check that out in you know independently of any kind of pop-ups that you get um the other thing uh, is a study from the better business bureau and we'll include that in the sh uh, show links but it was interesting how uh, just as a reminder looking for my references here that um you know they uh, the bad guys, you know, scammers target, you know, every process, every step of the process, shopping process from before the purchase, while you're shopping, and then of course, after the process, after the purchase. And I think we're all familiar with the, you know, the fake tracking, you know, information and those, um, you know, oh, your package, we couldn't deliver your package, the fake, fake delivery notifications. Those are probably one of the 
primary ones that we think of. Um, but you know, there, whether it's a pop-up ad before the purchase, or even while you're shopping, if there's a, you know, that fake website, which the first two can go hand in hand. And then, you know, scammers know we, almost everybody or so many people are, uh, you know, purchasing gifts online for a number of years, even before COVID. Um, but so, you know, it's just, oh, you didn't get your package and, and you know, so you're, you're distracted and you're like, oh, I need this. I need to get this now, or this is going to be late. And you kind of start going down that rabbit hole. And so it's just keep your guard up is kind of where I'm at. So, you know, like the Grinch who stole Christmas, cyber criminals long for this time of year to steal money and information from those of good cheer. Um, and I think that's all I want, all I, just that reminder and be extra vigilant and be on your guard during, uh, while you're shopping. And I think we need it. I mean, to be honest, I mean, even though we all know it, just in the rush, you know, it's just so easy to make a mistake, right? The text message, I think, started earliest for me. I think, you know, as I share with my family, as my inbox just blows up with, you know, your packages on the way, emails that are legit, there, there's also some that are coming in that are not legit. And so you, we've got to be cautious and make sure we're checking what we should check and making sure what's right is right and what's you know malicious is is not and we have to take care of those things and then on the professional side i'll say just you know again unscientifically a lot more spam coming in the last few days than typically right just seeing an increase in in any variety of lame attempts but more attempts nonetheless and as we said many times before when we're busy when we're multitasking when we're tired when we're seeing a billion things at once so easy to make that mistake. So I think, you know, the reminder is always appropriate, especially this time of the year. I appreciate you bringing that up, Jen. Thank you very much. And I want to come back and see if Dave, anything you want to add on that before we move further. No, I mean, it, I mean, it, we have to keep reminded because it, it keeps working because we like, it just keeps working. I mean, we just, the only way to stop it is really with that education awareness and just really bringing that, that critical eye to it. And I mean, you can come up with a lot of network defenses and stuff and they're, they're there. I mean, organizations are not sitting, you know, you know, not doing nothing here, but you just, it works and you just really have to be vigilant. I think Jen said it really well and in the right theme as always. Like I, I, I wish I had Jen's vocabulary. I wish I had her <laughs> like, you know mastery of alliteration i mean I think yes that's, alliteration, that's the right word mastery of alliteration that's right so well you know dave we're not all blessed with the same skills and talents and that's just you know that, that is what it is we appreciate jen being on again today and sharing that uh, thoughtful take with us so hey we're talking holidays from both ends right from a physical end we have responsibilities we have legitimate threats and risks to thinking about these things and we can, again, bring that down to the personal level, as I talked about with um, James and Herb last month in the podcast, like we're often thinking about our facilities, our infrastructure, organizations, but it also applies to our family going to the local parade, our family going to the local holiday celebration, going to the movies, right? This time of the year, just do that, do that little bit of, you know, deliberate thoughtfulness, look around, know where your exits are, look what might be, you know, off from normal be a little bit cautious, right? Just take responsibility for yourself and your surroundings, just like we would electronically, right? Make sure that text is legit. Don't just instinctively click stuff. Pause, because no matter how experienced we are, in the rush of all this stuff, it's easy to make a mistake on either end. And we have responsibility to take care of our organizations, our friends, our family, and ourselves. So these are all poignant reminders. Appreciate it. And again, if anybody listening has any requests for information, any needs, 
any advice, any tips, it's always welcome. We're happy to respond appropriately, share appropriately. And we welcome that, whether it's to our, our Twitter, on LinkedIn, or however you want to reach out to us, we welcome that. So, hey, thank you both very much. We're going to keep on moving on because that's what we have to do here. And we'll move into our, Dave, roulette round. Very exciting. It's been a while, so we got to really do this, I think, with the three of us. So why don't we stay with Jen? And Jen, you want to start things off for us here in this roulette round? I think there's a topic you wanted to address today. I do. Can we talk about passwords, please? Yes. yes. We're going to talk about today's QWERTY. <laughs> QWERTY 1. What do you want, Dave? Are you on like QWERTY 85 right now? Which Something like eight, that, 86. Right? Every 86 now. Like, <laughs> I'll be on 88 now because you've told everybody. But Okay, Dave. So I'm, I'm going to ask you then. Stop being predictable. <laughs> And stop reusing passwords. Now that's for everybody, but you know, I'm just I'm gonna try to keep this one succinct. Um, I'm just I'm gonna start up front and say I really recommend, you know, obviously the, the, you have to make the multi-factor authentication and a password manager recommendation, even despite the last pass incident last week. If you heard about it, um passwords are are still good. They I'm gonna wait till later. Well, no, it, no, it, I'll just do that right now because no talk on passwords or password managers would be complete. This is why I yelled at you, Andy. Um, what wouldn't be complete without the quote, my favorite quote and associated timeless blog post from one of our favorite um, cybersecurity experts. Um, but password managers don't have to be perfect. They just have to be better than not having one by the illustrious Troy Hunt. And so dreamy, so dreamy, so dreamy. but a special congratulations uh, and best wishes to Troy and his new bride, Charlotte. So I just want to put that out there. They recently uh, got married and celebrated their wedding. Um, and also Andy, you'll mention something else. I'll, I'll let you because I think I knew where you were going with that. All kinds of celebrations abound. Um, oh, and I just wanted to say that I think the Risk Roundtable, the Gay 15 podcast, Risk Roundtable channel, Risk Roundtable, whatever, is probably the podcast most likely to reference Troy Hunt. Just going to put that out there. We should anyway. get kudos for that, don't you? Think? I mean, we should get like, we should be I know, notarized. Right? I know, right? I, I really think so. Um, I haven't seen him reply to any of Andy's posts, so maybe we need to blast it out or something. I don't know. He's probably a little it's been a while. Distra- it's been a while him directly. So, <laughs> well, I haven't been on much this year, so I guess I don't know. Um, but anyway, so uh, I took that right to the bottom. But yes, still password managers despite the incident. Um, you know, but it, it comes down to you know being predictable. I said, stop being predictable, Dave. Stop reusing passwords. As far as predictable, you know, if you aren't using that password manager to create and store your less crackable um, or unique or strong passwords, um, then as humans, we tend to be predictable and the bad guys use it against us. I mean, they know. They just, if if you didn't realize this, they know. Um, They uh, we find that, you know, the most, I mean, the most common passwords are essentially the same year after year. There's different security firms that are, you know, that that research this and find this year after year. Uh, this year in particularly, I, I always like to look at NordPass, uh, their report, and include that in the show notes. Um, essentially, human beings are creatures of habit. Um, every, every year, researchers notice the same patterns. Um, we use a lot of sports teams. 
Um, Andy, I see that lion shirt that you're, you have on right now. I don't, I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, we lose a lot of movie characters, food items. Um, all these things dominate our password list. Does that sound familiar? Something, you know, listeners that you may have used? Um, so NordPass decided to take a look into those popular categories, and they found of all time lots of fashion brands, um, artists. They had a picture of a um, you know, guitar, you know, mu musicians. So a lot of, you know, musical groups and whatnot, but I'm sure there's other artists that fall into that category. Um, movies, sports, food, and uh, video games, cars, and swear words. Hmm. Anyway, sometimes there's some cultural changes depending on country or gender or things like that. But for the most part, you see the, the same stuff. And bad guys know it. They know all of this. And it just, we're predictable. And who needs to crack a password when it's predictable? Um, I saw something, I was doing a report and I found it fascinating. Not fascinating, but it just hadn't clicked before that even uh, you've heard, probably heard um, when companies store your passwords, um, you know, they, they do some, some kind of not hocus pocus magic kind of stuff, but they do certain things to them to, to hash them or salt them so that they're not the exact passwords kind of encode them, if you will. Um, but when passwords are predictable, that hashing and that that encoding makes like almost no difference whatsoever. Um, so you can still uh, bad actors will still are still able to guess a lot of those common passwords or they're showing up in um, trying to dictionary type attacks lists known lists of these passwords. So again, just don't be predictable, Dave. Um, <laughs> The only other thing I want to also want to mention is just a note on I know those security questions are annoying as heck, um, but just kind of a side note to the same thing to help along with your multi-factor authentication and, and your password managers is really use nonsensical answers to these questions. Um, I mean, even if it's something stupid like um, what's your favorite color and you know, you substitute that with your mother's maiden name. I mean, even if it's something that you need to, to still correlate to the way they ask them or something, as long as your mother's maiden name isn't a color, uh, perhaps, but, um, but, you know, just make it better yet, just make it completely nonsensical because a lot of these answers can be found on your social media sites and things like that. And again, the bad guys know this, and they do um, a lot more research than we might imagine. So, um, you know, side note on the password part is when you're, you know, adding those security questions, just don't even remotely answer them accurately. No one else needs to know. It could be something, I mean, I can't even think on the fly about something super nonsensical that makes no sense. But um, anyway, favorite color, uh, Rumpelstiltskin, something like that. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Exactly. And you don't even have to spell it right. You just need to be able to spell it Again. however you're going to Again. Spell it. <laughs> right. And say that. But see, the, in order to remember these weird ones, you're thinking, well, how am I going to remember these weird ones? Well, that's where we go back to that password manager. But I'm bummed. But anyway. No, you're right, Anjan. This is, you know, another one of those timeless issues that comes up over and over again, right? We talk about, I mean, we've talked about password managers so many times, but still people are looking to use them. There are incidents such as we just saw with uh, one password manager where it does make people concerned. Like if there's a breach, you know, what's going to be compromised? 
and of course, it doesn't look like that was um, you know, passwords weren't at risk there. It doesn't look like, but um, I think we we consistently strongly advocate use of password manager. It just makes life so much simpler. I think about how many things I logged into a day. Like, there's no way, even if I even if I were trying to write them down manually, like I could not possibly keep up with all that I have to do. So, I said before, I'm a one password guy. There's lots of options out there. We shared some of those in these podcasts before. Find something you like use it. A lot of them offer free options and then you can pay for it once you decide, I really like this and I want to keep using it. Right? It's up to you. So great point, great reminder. Again, if you're confused, if you're lost, you need tips, reach out. I'm happy to talk to you about these things, whether it's your password manager, whether it's your VPN, whether it's your email service, like we're happy to talk and share ideas if somebody has questions or concerns. So Jen, thank you for that. Dave, anything you want to add? No, I took enough ribbing on that one, but uh, no, point well made. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Then I think uh, with that, I think we've got one more part to our roulette round here. And I'm always scared to do this, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to take my hands off the wheel and trust that my longtime friend and partner, Dave Pounder, has got control. So Dave, the wheel is yours. Take us wherever you want to go. Okay. This won't be long, but I thought it'd be kind of fun though. Nonetheless, you know, a couple of months ago, we did our over under overrated, underrated, appropriately rated type of thing. You know, this time of year is just, you open up a security magazine or website or something, you're going to see what predictions, right? So I thought it'd just be fun to go back to this time last year and see what, what were some of the predictions out there? So I'm going to throw five of them out to you. And you just tell me if you think that was fair, you think it's a year away, or I'm sorry, that's the three categories, I'm sorry, three categories. Are, yes, that happened in 2022, we should be concerned. Uh, still a year away, or it, sorry, that one just is off the rails. Okay, does that sound pretty easy? You're, you're on mute, Andy, and I yeah, like it. Your category mute, names, but... what, what, uh, you know, sometimes I have to pause and like say something out loud, make sure that it's proper and then okay. Okay. say it, right? So give me your category names one more time so I can do this properly. Category names one more time. The uh, prediction was accurate or fair. You know, it, it, okay. was, it was a good one. It happened right. during 2022. That was one. Second one was, nope, just still a little bit a year away, a year or two away. And number three would be that one is completely off the rails that that just didn't happen at all and has no chance of happening. Because, you know, look, when you're trying to make predictions, you want to do that. You want to you want to make something you think are going to happen, but then you're going to take a couple risks there and you're going to throw a couple out. So this should be fun. Again, not non-attribution. I just pulled these from multiple catalogs, but there's five of them. All right. All right. So one, number one. Cyber criminals using deep fakes. This has been in the news a lot. And this is, you know, Disney. If you saw the latest Indiana Jones trailer for Indiana Jones 5, they did it. You know, you could say deep faking Harrison Ford, making them look younger, right? So cyber criminals using deep fakes. Did we see it in 2022? Still a little bit away or completely off the rails? I'll go first. I think we're still a little bit a year away here. Andy. Yeah. Oh, me? Okay. All right. So I, I agree. I think the technology is out there and getting more sophisticated. I think we see um, a, a early version-ish kind of thing. We see fake profiles being set up, right? We see realistic looking people who aren't really people on LinkedIn or Twitter, wherever it is. So 
I think we're moving in that direction. I don't think the technology of you know my boss being faked and and, and calling me with a message is quite happening yet, but I think we'll get there. Okay, Jen. Agreed. There are versions of it, you know, starting to to occur. Um, I know of a of a situation where um, someone interviewed for a job, and then uh, and I think everything was all online, and they got the job, and then a different person showed up, and I was like, and and, and where this occurred, I was like, really? Wow. Anyway, so you know, just little remnants of it but yeah we're we're from being fully fully baked yeah we're, we're out there dave does the same thing with dating apps he he submits <laughs> characters and then you know people are waiting and then, then dave strolls in and you know it's just it's just different well, that we expect kind it's of just, i mean not not necessarily from dave <laughs> I'm just, Dave, 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 Dave isn't on date. I'm just kidding. Dave is not on date. <laughs> just, just a joke of opportunity. My wife out. doesn't. My wife doesn't listen to this anyway. So I think we're in. We're safe. <laughs> you know, on that point, I, I gave my family grief when uh, you know Spotify did their annual uh, Spotify Wrapped, and I was like, "Hey, everybody, have podcast. You know, Gay is your number one podcast for the for the year." And apparently, I was the only one. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, very cool. Okay, all right. Number two, issues created by lack of talent and vacancies in in organizations. Uh, so basically, issues are created because of lack of talent. Think of great resignation. Think of COVID, job changes, remote working as a, as basically talent wars get worse. So I will go, I will say this. I think this was right on the mark. I think we saw a lot of this. It may not have come through with incidents per se or like high level incidents, but we are seeing, I, I do feel like across industries, there's a lot of talent shortages. There's a lot of power within the employee, the, the employee right now to move around and find the right places at the same time that puts the businesses at risk. So I would say this is about right. What about you, Andy? Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. I think it's, it's, it's an interesting time. You know, we've got a high level of employment and folks that have just opted out of the workforce, which keeps that number yeah. high, even if people that aren't working. And it just makes things a little bit confusing in, in certain ways. And so, you know, that coming out of COVID on top of that, you know, on, on top of social matters, there's a lot of turnover. There's a lot of inexperience. There are some who are not really feeling invested in what they're doing professionally. And so that does open the door up for challenges, whether it's a challenge like, not having the right people for the right job with the right skill set, that's a legitimate issue. Or people that might be tempted for insider threat concerns and other, you know, opportunities that might be out there where if I don't really care about my organization and I feel like they're not really treating me well, or I've been compelled to, uh, you know, continue working despite my union saying X, Y, or Z, you know, that, that can create opportunities for people to be compromised, for adversaries to take advantage. And so I think that's a legitimate issue. All right. None of that happens at gate 15, by the way. I just want to make sure that's very clear. Very so. clear. Absolutely. Thanks for pointing that out. Greatest place to work. Thanks, Dave. Noted. Yep. No problem. Um, uh, okay. Jen, what about you? So, no, I agree. I think there's, there's more to come. I think this was the, the, the starting of that. Um, and what Andy alluded to on the insider threats, that was from a more of a, a I'm going to say disgruntled, side gruntled side of things, intentional. But there's also the unintentional side of things where 
that mass exodus and and all of that puts extra weight on the existing staff or the staff that's left behind and so that could lead to stress and incidents that are not intended as well so you have to be mindful of the unintended consequences um and i think there's some sectors if you will that have you know that population that um you know are uh, you know, are, are retiring kind of in mass. There are, there are some sectors that have um, certain operators or staff that, you know, are just, um, you know, again, going, having a population that's looking to retire. And what's happened is a lot of the information that they have is in their heads and nothing has been written down. So when they leave, there's almost no one, I mean, there may be people to pass the baton to, but I don't know if it's going to get passed effectively enough without, you know, pulling all that information out. So again, that leads to another, that business, that's just another facet that leads to that business risk. So I think this is on it, but I think there's, it's, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Yeah, I still struggle around this a lot, but that's for another topic on another uh, podcast, I, I, I suppose, but um, all great points, all great points. Okay, two more, two more. Okay, it's game on for eSports. Okay, so this is a dad. As I will say, I was in Dallas a couple of weeks ago, drive past the uh, wonderful AT&T Stadium and then the uh, ballparks, uh, the baseball stadiums. And then right next to that is an eSports stadium. And so as I see this growing, um, and again, the money around this is growing exponentially as well. I think it's only natural that this is going to be a, a targeted sector against, especially since so much relies on being online and connectivity. I'm sure the security is great, but I can just see that this is a, a industry ripe for it. Uh, I think it's a year away, though. I, I Obviously, it didn't really occur this year. I didn't see anything notable, I, but I do think it's coming. I think that's this is probably a, a fair prediction moving forward. Andy. So, so we're not asking is esports legit. We're asking are threats to the esports community legit. That's that, it. That's right. Yep. 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 I, I think that will be an increasing. I mean, the, listen, the threats go where the money and yeah. people are, yep. right? And so, as this community continues to grow, if there's a lot of interest in esports. A lot of people are passionate about gaming. It's international. It's online. It's it's very tempting. And so, I think we're increasingly see attacks on gaming in general, on the sources of you know, how, how we access those games and, and the, the, the you know, dollars and cents behind those games on the personalities that are well-known in those games, you're going to see more and more. It's going to increase because it's, it's where the money and people are and increasing that's where they are. So I agree with you. I think it's a developing uh, area and I think it will continue to develop in years ahead. All right, there we go. Jen. No further comment. Um, agree. Oh, hey, that's easy enough. All right. I have no further insight. <laughs> All right, last one. Ransomware becomes more destructive. I don't know if it's possible to be any more destructive than ransomware where it'd been. Um, I don't know if it's been more destructive. I think it's about right, though. I mean, it, it's a pretty, it remains a very viable threat, even if it's not in the news every day. Um, I think it may be a little bit of ransomware fatigue, but honestly, I see this as right on par for 2022 and frankly, for the next five years as well. So that's that's my view. What about you, Andy? Yeah. So I, I think I mean, it it is a story every single day. We we definitely share a host about it every single day. I think we're always somebody on our team is always trying to report 
about it every single day. Um, so I think you know, it is very present in our environment. I don't think it's going away. I'll, I'll steer away from the term destructive. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll say mm-hmm. it's going to become disruptive yes. right, outside of the ransomware incident of itself. Like we're seeing right now today as we're having this recording in France, a hospital being very heavily disrupted, canceling operations and the like. Um, very disruptive. I I believe that will maintain. It might increase. It might go down a little bit. We've seen you know, a couple of good th- signs. One, I can tell you, gave 15. We continue to see exercise outreach for help with ransomware. That's a good thing. Uh, the Wall Street Journal recently published a, a report showing that for ransomware, organizations have invested time. They do feel more confident. They've prepared, but that's coming at a cost of not being as prepared in areas like insider threat. And so there's been a little trade-off there, but people are still focusing on the issue. What I do want to urge caution to is the increasing FUD, the fear, uncertainty, and doubt around ransomware, and the term which I increasingly despise when I see killware used. Mm-hmm. Well, ransomware can, of course, you know, be so disruptive that it could indirectly cost lives. Listen, in a country where we see people get shot you know, multiple times in multiple places around the country every single day, Let's let's temper down the killware term. It's it's ransomware. It's disruptive. That's not going to change. It might increase a little bit. Probably not going to see a lot of destructive ransomware. That's a different type of threat, I think. Um, but it's going to be in our environment for sure. And I'll I'll stop so Jen can share and, and correct me. No, that's pretty much that was the point I was going to make. I was going to say, you know, from a destructive point, you know, that's still we haven't seen that. Um, I not going down the FUD route though, you know, it it could happen at any, it could happen at any time. And we have seen some, some very, you know, some catastrophic, um, critical, if you will, maybe not, I won't call it catastrophic, but critical incidents that occurred, um, you know, that, that could have been uh, ransomware had played a part. So, um, disruptive. Yeah, absolutely. Every, every day. Um, but the destruction hasn't taken place yet. And, um, you know, that's why and why not? That's another show. So I'll just leave it at that. See, that was fun, right? That was, that was a good time. So Dave, Dave, I, can I, can I quote a colleague that I like a quote, um, a few days ago, maybe last week sometime, uh, Catalin Simpanu uh, on Mastodon shared the only infosec predictions that need to be taken seriously are the ones in meme format. I think that's probably <laughs> a true statement. I think you probably got that right. There's, we've seen them, we share them in the sun, right? A lot of leading organizations, experts of different types making their predictions. We do share them. If you, if you, if you receive the sun, if you go to the cyber threat section, they're usually hanging out there somewhere towards the middle bottom, I would say. Um, you know, some of them are sort of very blase and some are, you know, probably going to be wrong. Take it with a grain of salt. I think uh, the meme format predictions are probably the best types of predictions. Probably mm-hmm. the and they're fun. Yeah. And they're more fun. That's right. Yeah. I like to look for the ones that are like, like, I like to review them and then be like, oh, that one's, that one's different than the rest of them. Cause so many of them sound the same. So, you know, and I'll, I'll, sometimes I'll pick out the ones that seem different, but none of them are coming to mind right now. Yeah. Yeah. They start, I'll say that they start early this year, like earlier yep. than usual, but they're early November. Weeks. Yeah, mm-hmm. but there've been lots of them. Like I, I think people, some people were like, "Hey, we're not doing this." And I've seen, but 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 it's still early December, so there's still a few weeks where people might be pumping those out. We'll see. Again, if you're not subscribed to our Sun, please subscribe. It's free, minimal spam. 
and it's a, it's a great resource for all hazards, cyber, physical, and otherwise um, threat awareness in our ongoing daily environment. So with that, if it's all right, I'm going to pivot to what is normally our three questions section, but just one, just one question to close out this very exciting year, which I keep referring to as 2021, incidentally, I, so it's my own little <laughs> issue there, but Jen, Dave, you may recall last year we played three questions and I asked you about your favorite holiday TV moments. I brought up a couple of mine, like Festivus from Seinfeld and Belschnickel from The Office. Mm -hmm. This year, let us return to holiday time favorites with our, our, our questions, right? So let us turn to holiday music, Christmas music, perhaps, perhaps a favorite New Year's jingle, whatever, whatever you like, really. So my question to you, and we can answer it however one, whoever's inspired first, do you have a favorite classic and or more modern favorite, right? So is there a classic tune that's sort of like, hey, this is a holiday moon if I hear it, there's something maybe a little bit more modern that you enjoy, you know, that's, uh, you know, more today. So I'll, I'll open it up for either one of you who wants to take a shot at that. Go for it. Okay, when you say modern, do you mean by modern artist? It could be a classic song, or do you mean like it's a new take on a new song? Dave, you can interpret that however you want. Okay, all right. So here, I'll go. I'll go. Let let the Jen think about this for a minute. So I would say my favorite thing is anything Bing Crosby. And my traditional is anything Bing Crosby. You know, you can't go wrong with there. No. And then for yep. modern modern size is uh, Sarah McLaughlin has a holiday um album a couple years ago it's top to bottom it's it's amazing i love it she she did a song before then the river um it's a great individual song that would be i guess a, a a modern one that's not been done before but she does all the hits in in just a beautiful you know so so you Sarah wanna, McLaughlin would be mine for you want to give us a little bit of Dave does Sarah McLaughlin here on the podcast <laughs> to kind of hear I don't you, think anybody wants that. We, we'll lose the three listeners we have, Andy. <laughs> Do uh, you can't go <laughs> wrong with Bing Crosby, right? I think Bing Crosby, uh, Nat King Cole, some of those yeah. older voices is just like Andy Williams, Frank Sinatra. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. you, you go exactly to wherever you know. And, and for me, that you know, those take me right back to my kitchen table as a kid. My mom would play those in the background, and all, you know, this is instant association because it's, it's every year. Jen. Good, David, good answer. Is anything for you that jumps to mind, classic and modern? I mean, it, it, same on the classic. Like, that's my my go-to on whatever streaming I may be listening to is the classic Christmas, you know, station yeah. and, you know, pretty much everything there. Um, modern, I mean, kind of like in a fun way. Yeah, I, like I like to, to listen, listen to like modern artists do, you know, kind of any take on their like pen and pentatonics and whatever they do um and um straight no chaser does some good stuff and um but i've always liked um uh, manham steamroller so, yeah and their christmas stuff so yeah some 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 great sounds right and it is funny the modern takes on some of these classics and i think it's, it's funny to hear modern artists redo songs you've heard a billion times by a billion other artists but you know somebody that's under you know 70 singing that song so it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> right, so I've always enjoyed you know, the song Little Drummer Boy. It's just such a oh, yeah. uniquely mm -hmm. powerful song. It's like so crisp. And there's a great um, Johnny Cash version. There's a million versions that are all enjoyable, to be honest. But Johnny Cash is a version that's just very. Look that boy, up right now. I don't think... Cash. Yeah, enjoy it. It's, it's a good it's a good listen. I think more modern, not, maybe not as much, still modern, I think, right? I, 
Dido does a uh, Christmas Day. I I love that song. I sing along with it. It's criminal that I ruin her beautiful voice with my croonings, but it's a, it's a great song. In some ways, maybe not really a Christmas song, but it's a uh, it's Christmassy enough for me. So it's, it's it's a beautiful song. So all right, all right. So hey, let's let's wrap things up. You guys have shared some good insight. I think you know while some of these things, holiday reminders, password reminders, it's like stuff that we know. Just pausing from it and thinking about it, I think is so much value. So appreciate you bringing up the points you guys brought up today. Before we wrap up, anything that you want to send us out with? Jen, we'll start with you. Dave, we'll come to you. Anything, final thoughts, ideas, anything? Um, Merry Christmas. I, I actually didn't get that get that far. I was going to end with, with Troy and and I ended up um, moving him up. So I, I'm at a loss for other than be safe. Um, and to borrow a phrase from one of our colleagues, keep your head on a swivel um, and be mindful. Yes. So, um, yeah, sorry, that one caught me by surprise. I Jen, Jen wasn't prepared for us to end the show because she never <laughs> understandable, understandable. So, Dave, thank you, Jen. Dave, anything you want to send us out with? Uh, in the words of Smokey the Bear, only you can prevent this, this malinformation. So please be on guard. Check your sources between before you like, retweet, follow, share, all that other fun stuff on social media. Especially if Dave or I are the ones that are saying it, probably. Exactly. Yeah, I would definitely check your sources there. So, hey, good messages, good ideas all around. I'll say to both of you, thank you very much. It's hard to believe. I think wrapping up, like, I, I at least track of what you're on right now, but you're something three the four, year three year three, three year three of these mm -hmm. uh podcasts and so you know we've delivered a lot of i think great content we've uh shared introduced a lot of great partners and colleagues um i think it's a great platform so thank you both for continuing doing this i think it's a great uh thing that we have available i always like to hear people say that i heard this or that on the podcast and that's always been really encouraging so those of you that are listening we sincerely appreciate that we hope that it adds maybe a little bit of value and a little bit of entertainment to your day. Thanks for spending, you know, 35, 45, 55 minutes with us <laughs> time to time. So, hey, to all that are listening, thank you sincerely very much for being with us for this episode of the Risk Roundtable. And even more so, thank you for listening to the Risk Roundtable throughout 2022. We're grateful for you and appreciate your being a friend to our team and part of the Gift Team community. We hope to continue to grow this audience in 2023. So please encourage your colleagues and teams to dial in. Let them know we welcome their feedback and ideas as well, just as we value yours. And please enjoy our full menu of podcasts, Jen's Cybersecurity Evangelist, Dave's Nerd Out Security Panel Discussion with Dave and an illustrious panel of experts in my Gate 15 interview. I'm, I'm always so excited to bring on guests and have a good conversation. And I've got some really fun ones planned to end and start the new year. So looking forward to that. So subscribe, tell your friends, hit us up on Twitter, and you can hit us up on other platforms as well if you're migrating off of Twitter, but we really like to see you on Twitter and share your ideas and other feedback. In the meanwhile, thanks for listening. Until next time, have fun, have a great holiday season, live free and try to be at least somewhat reasonably responsible and safe. Have a great time. Thank you very much.